Somebody tell the Lord that you love him. Somebody tell God that you love him. Hallelujah. If you can all stand to your feet, take up your Bibles in your hand. I believe the atmosphere is set. I believe God has been pleased with our worship. Now let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. You can go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 11. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. This month has been set aside for women, but I pray that this message speaks to all of us this morning. John chapter 8. Verse 1 through 11. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, somebody say early. He came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman, somebody say a woman, caught in adultery. And they had set her in the midst and they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Somebody say the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. I love how God can ignore our enemies. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to him, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. That's good news to me, y'all. I con con condemn you. Go and sin no more. I want to look back at verse 3. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in, ad in adultery in the very act. I want to minister from this subject as you take your seat. Success over shame. Success over shame. Tell your neighbor we're going to talk about success over shame. I, I want you to know where there is shame, there will always be setbacks to your deliverance, to your devotion, and to your destiny. Tell your neighbor, get rid of shame. Be because people will only walk in what they deem themselves worthy of. That's, that's, that's why we got to have success over shame, because you'll never walk in until you deem yourself worthy enough to walk in it. Somebody say, I got to get rid of shame. So, so hear this. Many believers have unfairly given credit to Satan for where they are. I, I want y'all to hear what I just said. Many of us have unfairly said, the enemy has me where I am, but tell your neighbor, I've been shackled by shame. Many reasons why we are where we are is not because of the enemy, but it's because of our level of shame. Somebody shout shame. 
And, and here's one definition of shame. It's a disposition of disgrace. So in other words, shame is the place of dishonor. Shame is the place of disregard, and shame is the place of disgrace. In other words, shame is where we feel like I'm void of the honor of God. Y'all ever been in that place where you don't feel like you're worthy of the honor of God? Shame is the place where I don't even feel like I should be regarded by God. And notice this, shame is the place where I feel void of the very grace of God. Shame, shame, somebody shout shame again. This is why shame is so dangerous and detrimental to our deliverance, devotion, and destiny. Because grace is a conduit for them all. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. Deliverance is by grace. Devotion is by grace. And destiny is by grace. Therefore, disgrace has been the death of us. Somebody say shame. The only reason that I can't walk in a level of deliverance, the only reason that I feel like devotion with God is so difficult, the only reason why I still don't feel like I'm stuck in, my, in the place where I am and can't walk into destiny, somebody shout shame. Because it's the place of disgrace where I feel like I'm void of the grace of God. And notice this, grace gets me to where I need to go. I've, I've, I've got to get rid of shame. And notice this, I shared on last week, we, gotta have, we have to open the door first before we can close the door on certain matters. Right, 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 right. But notice this, but even more, when we open the door, we must allow Christ to enter in. I don't want to close the door and I'll be in that door by myself, but I got to allow Christ to enter in to deal with the stuff that I haven't dealt with for years. And, and here's, here's why shame is so difficult and detrimental to my walk, because shame, notice this, causes us to allow people to include Jesus to only get so far in our life. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because shame legislates the extent of yourself that you are willing to share. When I have a level of shame on my life, there's some areas in my life that I don't want people to see. All right, so I've got to make sure if I want Jesus to get to my issues, I've got to remove this level of shame because I won't let Jesus see what I'm dealing with. Many of us, because of our level of shame, I don't want nobody to know that I deal with this. I don't want nobody to know that I go through this. I don't want nobody to know that I have these thoughts in my mind. And the only reason I don't allow people to, to only to get just so far is because of level of shame. I've, I've got to remove shame from my life. And notice this, if you're taking notes, this is why the psalmist said in Psalm 69, 7b through 8. Psalm chapter 69, 7b through 8. It says, shame has covered my face. I've become a stranger, notice, notice this, to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. So hear this, shame covers us, shame conceals us, and notice this, shame can even cast you away from the very people that you say you love. The Bible says that shame has covered my face and I've become a stranger to my brother. Y'all know when you can be in shame and nobody, I don't even know you no more. I have no clue about who you are anymore because shame has now cloaked you. And it causes me to be cast away from even those that I love. In our text, we find a woman that was stricken with shame. Consider this being caught in the very act of your sin. Not, not after the fact. Notice this, not after evidence was reviewed. Not, not after a confession, but in the very act. The, the, the Bible says she was caught in the act of sin. 
And notice this, the magnitude of your sin can manifest by the magnitude of your shame. Did y'all hear what I just said? The magnitude of my sin can manifest the magnitude of my shame. And she was caught in the very act and consider her sin, somebody say adultery. I heard one preacher say it like this. Think about being, this ain't, I got a text message, y'all. This ain't I found a love note, y'all. She was caught, somebody say, in the act. So think about the level of shame on her life as she's caught in the act of adultery. She was covered by shame. Her sin was adultery, so consider the shame. But yet, even with her shame, she found success over it. And I believe we can do likewise. So let's examine the text so we can glean some strategies for our success over shame. I believe some of us in this building this morning are dealing with shame and nobody knows. We have some errors of shame and we haven't let people just so, so far so you can't see the shame on my life. Look at verse number three and I'm going to read through verse six. It says, then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded that us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Your personal assessment of yourself, notice this, will birth shame. Your personal assessment of yourself will birth shame, but notice this, your acceptance of the, accept, uh, of the assessment of the accusers will broaden your shame. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your, your, your personal assessment of yourself will birth shame. Many of us, because of how we view ourselves, have birth shame in our life. But if you want to broaden shame, accept the assessment of an, of an accuser. So here's the first thing that I see in a text. I see an accuser. This is why the enemy is called the accuser of brethren. All right? Because not only does he accuse us of sin, but he accuses us to produce shame in our life. All right? So whenever there's a level of shame, I've got to know the enemy is at play. All right? So hear this. Whenever you attempt to advance in your walk with, with God, notice this. Expect accusers. Did y'all hear what I just said? Anytime you're trying to walk and advance in your walk with God, I can always expect accusers. If y'all don't like people accusing you, then stop walking with God. Because as long as you walk with God, there's going to be somebody accusing you. I want y'all to hear me. Because as you desire salvation, accusers are determined to dispense shame. Whenever I'm trying to get delivered from something, whenever I'm trying to walk into the things of God, whenever I desire salvation, the, my accusers will always try to dispense shame. They're going to always do it. Tell your neighbor they're going to always do it. And, and notice this. It's important to note here this. Accusers never come alone. Y'all get mad and upset when just one person accuses you. But hear this, if you're walking with God, accusers will never come along. I, I want y'all to see this in the text. The Bible says that both the scribes and the Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus in an attempt to condemn her. Why is this significant? Because accusers have no authority, so they always attempt to bring someone else with their foolishness. They don't have any level of authority, so they always got to bring somebody. Notice this, somebody shout, cosign. They're going to always try to bring somebody to cosign their foolishness in my life. So if I got a whole bunch of people talking about me, tell your neighbor that's good news. 
that, that, that's good news because they don't have a level of authority. And notice, y'all, y'all got to notice, they always talking with, with somebody else. They always, girl, I done heard such and such. She done called me on the phone telling me about you and about this and about what you got going on in your marriage, about what you're not doing on your job. I heard you just got fired, girl, and I ain't hear from the source. I heard it from an accuser. They will never come alone, all right, because they always need somebody to validate their foolishness. All right, and, and notice this, don't lose hope, get happy. When, whenever I get multiple people accusing me of stuff that I know I ain't doing, I don't lose hope, I get happy. Too many believers lose hope. That's good news, y'all, because notice this. Notice the latter portion of Revelation 12.10. We were trying to get the screens, y'all, but we ain't got them yet. By next week, Shakita, when you preach, you're going to have your screens, daughter. It, it says, for the accuser of our brethren who accuse them before God both day and night. Somebody say day and night. Has been cast down. The text says that he accuses us both day and night. So hear this. Despite our standing with God, the enemy is relentless in his accusations towards the people of God. That means no matter if I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing, the enemy is always in pursuit of accusing me. All right, so even don't think, oh, am I doing something wrong? Can I check my walk? No matter what you do, the enemy's job is to be relentless with his accusations toward the people of God. I want you to catch that because the enemy is relentless with his accusations. That doesn't mean you have to receive his accusations. Y'all got to catch what I just said. Too many of us receive the stuff because notice this, it's constant. Why somebody always talking about me? Why my name and everybody's mouth? Why, why, why my business all over the place? The enemy is relentless, but I don't have to receive it. The problem is because the enemy is relentless and I, I, I feel like I can't catch a break in the accusations, I lose hope, y'all. And then I begin, notice this, not only do I lose hope, I begin to receive the very accusations of the enemy. He's relentless. Tell your neighbor he's relentless, but I ain't got to receive it. Shame is only birth. Notice this. And the reason why I don't have to receive it, because shame is only birth when we receive the accusations of the enemy. Many of us, we ain't even have to be bothered with shame. Many of us ain't even have to be worried about shame. The shame that some of us are dealing with is not because the enemy is so clever. He's relentless, y'all. The only reason is because we receive what the enemy says. Tell your neighbor, don't receive that. We receive a lot of st stuff in church, but we ain't going to receive that. And, and notice this. Here's a word of wisdom. If Jesus can ignore your accusers, then so can you. No, 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 notice, notice what the text says. It says that Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Jesus heard the accusations, but Jesus did not take those accusations to heart. Y'all got to stop taking everything to heart what you hear. I've heard some stuff about my life, but I did not take that thing to heart. The enemy, and notice this, this is why the Bible says guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Many of us, the only reason the enemy has gotten a hold of us is because we receive what we heard. I ain't got to take that stuff to heart. Tell your neighbor, don't take that to heart. Too many believers hold themselves hostage because of what somebody has said about them. Stop giving words of, of people that much authority. I don't want people to have that much authority over me. I know you can speak a thing, but you ain't going to speak that thing over me. 
You can speak thing all you want. Everything you hear does not need to be taken to heart. I love that in the midst, notice this, that in the midst of accusations, the woman never responds. Do, do y'all, y'all notice that? Some, some of us, we kick, we cry. No, I need to get on Facebook Live. I need to do this. I need to make sure people don't know that this is not true about me. We fight. We go, I got to go knock on neighbors. I got to go call people to make sure what they said about me is not true. But this woman says, I ain't going to say a word. Right? And notice this. Sometimes you just have to let the enemy rant. All right? Because he's going to rant either way. The Bible says he, he rants accusations both day and night. So every rant does not deserve a response. Y'all responding on stuff that don't deserve a response. Especially when it comes from a fool. I ain't got to respond to you when I know you're a fool. I ain't got to respond to you when I know it's a lie. I don't care. You can go tell your mama. You can go tell my auntie. You can go tell my third cousin on my grandma's side. Every rant does not res- deserve a response. Some of y'all talking too much. Tell your neighbor you're talking too much. And notice this. People can only accuse you to the degree, notice this, of your actions. I want y'all to hear what I just said. They can only, the weight of their accusations is only to the degree in which you act. So if I know I ain't doing all of that, that accusation don't hold no weight. I ain't got to respond to that. Because like, like, like the old folks say, at some point it's going to all come out in the wash. So I ain't got to do nothing. I just got to let it go on cycle. Y'all know how I got a little spin cycle. Let it go ahead and do what it need to do. Because at some point it's going to come out if it's in me. Y'all talking about stuff that ain't even in you. And most of the time, this is why they say, y'all know the folk that got be crying and doing the most. When somebody say something about them, many times you probably doing it. You know, and I've said this before, when I, got, when I was in high school, I don't know, high school, college, when um, that my girlfriend caught me cheating on them, right? And I cried and I made myself cry. And I tried to say that I wasn't doing it. But I was doing the most, y'all, and I really was doing it. So when y'all see somebody doing the most, they probably doing it. They, they, they probably doing it. All right? Even more, another reason to ignore your accusers is because the enemy really isn't after you. Tell your neighbor the enemy ain't after you. Y'all don't like that. Y'all think y'all too deep. Y'all think y'all so holy. The enemy ain't after you because he's after, notice this, the God in you. It's not about you. Tell your neighbor it's not about you. And how do I know? Notice verse 6 of our text. Oh, I would love if this was on the screen, but it's okay. This is verse 6. It says, this they said, testing him that they might have something in which to accuse him. Somebody say him. They brought the woman in an attempt to accuse Jesus. The enemy only accuses you, notice this, in order to accuse the God in you. He he ain't worrying about you. Because you ain't nobody in the grand scheme of things. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. No, 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 no. Notice this. Because if, if it was just about you, the enemy would just say, I'm just going to worry about T.D. Jakes. I'm just going to worry about Joel Osteen. I'm just going to worry about just, just a few of them that's doing the work. But he's trying to make it a, a collective effort. And he's only doing it so that he can cause stain and disdain to the name of God. So tell your neighbor, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. So here's the good news, though. Oh, this is the good news to me. Accusations validate that I'm anointed. 
Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever somebody accuses me, it just validates that I'm anointed. How do I know that it validates that I'm anointed? Because the Spirit of God now dwells in me. Because the Bible says that he's trying to accuse him. So whenever he accuses me, I know that God is dwelling in me. That's good news to me. I don't know about y'all. Keep accusing me because I know that I'm with God and God now dwells within me. That's good news to me. I don't know about y'all. That's good. I hope they keep talking. Right? And here's this. Don't give your accusers a reason to discredit God. And don't give your accusers, notice this, the ability to deny your deliverance. I've got to always expect accusers. If I want success over shame, it requires, notice this, discerning and disregarding my accusers. Y'all, y'all got to write that down. That, that's, my, that's, my first, that's my first point. I've got to know, I've got to expect accusers. I've got to be on the lookout for them. And then I just got to disregard them, y'all. Tell your neighbor, disregard them. Now, let's look at verses 7 through 9a. It says, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience. I want to stop there. The, The reason why we can't afford to give a response to our accusers is so that Jesus can advocate for us. That's my second thing. We got to allow Jesus to advocate for us. The reason why many of us don't have success over shame is because we're not allowing him to advocate for us. Too many of us are taking on battles, notice this, that we are ill-equipped to fight. Y'all got on the full armor of God, but you're still not equipped. Y'all heard what I just said? I got on the full armor of God, but I'm still not equipped. There's some battles that are not reserved for me, and there's some battles that I'm not equipped to fight. I, I want y'all to know I'm going to prove it with the text. All right? We've got too many believers fighting but falling. <laughs> fighting but falling. How do I know this woman was ill-equipped for the battle? How, how do I know? Notice what verse 5 says. All right? It says, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? This is what they said in verse 5. That means that they had grounds, notices, for her sentence and for her shaming. The Bible says, now she was called in the act, y'all, and the Bible says, according to Levitical law, according to the Mosaic law, that she was supposed to be stoned. So that means if she said anything, she ain't even got nothing to stand on. She ain't got nothing to speak out about. She ain't got no foot to stand on. She probably want to have, she got a public defender, and the public defender said, daughter, you have no chance. All right? She, 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 she has no chance. And notice this, the problem with many believers is that we act like our stuff don't stink. Y'all got y'all to hear what I just said. At some point, I got to realize that some stuff is my fault. Tell your neighbor, some stuff just my fault. And notice this, when I act like my stuff don't stink, notice this, God can't help the hearty. Whenever I act like I ain't play a part in my shameful act, I will not receive help because God can't help the hearty. Tell your neighbor, pride done got in the way. Pride done got in the way. So, so notice this, we gotta, we gotta, if we want to advance beyond shame, we, we won't until we allow Jesus to advocate for me. Right? We gotta, so we got to stop posting on social media. 
right, trying to come against people who saying stuff about you. We got to stop calling any and everybody to defend your name about what they heard about you. You got to stop going above and beyond notices to get the approval of people who believe in what other people done said about me. Y'all know how we do. I, oh, I got to go. I gotta, y'all stop, stop doing that. I'm not going to go out my way to prove that I'm this, that I'm not what they say I am. I ain't doing all of that. I'm just going to let Jesus fight my battle. Tell your neighbor, let Jesus fight your battle. Because notice this, this is why the old folk used to say, people going to believe what they want to believe. They going to believe what they want to believe anyway. So I ain't, why, why I'm wasting my breath, I'm wasting my gas money, I'm wasting my fingers posting on Twitter when I should allow Jesus to advocate for me. All right? And notice this, here's the reason why some of us just need to be quiet. Because your words don't carry no weight. My words don't carry no weight. Our words don't carry no weight. Note, note, somebody say his does. Notice verse 9a. All right? It says, then those who heard it were convicted by their conscience. So they were convicted by his words. Because hear this, his words are the ones that convict. His words are the ones that can pierce our conscience. His words are the ones that convict, not ours. And, and, and y'all know this, and my wife don't mind me saying this because I know she getting delivered, y'all. She getting delivered. She, she said at one point she wanted to pierce me with her words when I got on her nerves. She, she said that, don't I? I'm, I'm telling the truth, right? Me, 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 sometimes we want to pierce people with our words. Oh, I just want to say something because I know something about that little dog on little boy who said something about me. And I want to say something because I know it's going to make them feel some kind of way. Tell your neighbor, it, it ain't piercing nobody. It ain't piercing nobody. The, it, the, the Bible says that his words pierce. All right, his words. All right? and, and when dealing with shame, sometimes it's best just to shut up. Somebody say shut up. Because notice this, many times the seed of our shame, notice this, is justified by our own sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? Sometimes the stuff that people are talking about us about, the level of shame that has been produced in our life, it's justified by our own sin. Sometimes we just got to shut up. God, I know I did some stuff in my day. Matter of fact, the reason probably they believe in what the accuser says is because of what I used to do. Oh, I, 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 God, I, I, I quit. But y'all know we, we, we act like we've been saved our whole life. All right? That, that, that's why I make sure I have to remind. I don't just do it to remind y'all to let y'all know. I do it to remind myself that I, that I had a problem with women that I had a problem with my tongue, that I had a problem with my anger. Because if it ever pops up, the enemy, really what the enemy is doing is looking back before I knew Christ. And many of us don't realize that the seed of my shame was as a result of my very own sin. I just need to shut up, y'all. Because notice this, our sins laid the foundation for shame. Her stoning was justified, but she shut up so Jesus could advocate. No, 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 notice this. If you're taking notes, notice this. Proverbs 17, 28. If you're taking notes, write that down. Proverbs 17, 28. It says, notice this. Oh, God, this is good news to me. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. And with their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. Many of us, that's why y'all got to realize that we were once in sin. Sometimes I got to close my mouth. I was a fool when I was in my sin. I was unwise when I was in my sin. And if I could just close my mouth, somebody, boy, that's a wise old young man right there. 
No, it ain't because I wasn't foolish at one point. It's just I shut my mouth so Jesus could advocate for me. It's wise, notice this, to allow Jesus to fight a battle that we can't win. Especially when the root of our shame is as a result of our sin. So success over shame requires that Jesus advocate on our behalf. Listen, so, so the first thing I said is that we got to expect accusers. But when I expect them, I got to disregard them. And the second thing, I do, some st- sometimes I just got to be quiet. Get in your prayer closet. Start praying. God, I need you to advocate for me. Because if I get in the middle of it, I'm going to mess myself up. Because my sin has already justified my shame. Now let's look at verse number 9. It says, then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one beginning with the oldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Success over your shame, notice this, is manifest in solitude. If I ever want to get success over shame, it's always going to be manifest in solitude. Tell your neighbor, I got to get alone. That's my third point, I got to get alone. Shame grows, notice this, in the life of a believer when shame is fed. Too many believers entertain accusers and exclude their advocate. Notice this, while wrestling shame, and therefore shame, notice this, takes residence and root in their life. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. I said a mouthful. Because here's what shame desires. It desires for you to be in isolation. But success over shame requires intimacy with the Savior. Did y'all hear what I just said? Shame always wants me to be placed in a place of isolation, all right? But really what he, when I say alone, I want to get alone with the Savior. If I want to get success over shame, I got to get intimate with the Savior. Because in isolation, I'm just left to all of my thoughts. And in isolation is the place where the enemy wants me. All right, so I hope y'all just caught what I just said. All right, so, so, so notice this, somebody shout solitude. And this is why solitude is so significant because shame, notice this, can't stand in the presence of the Savior. Our text says that they went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone. Somebody shout alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Every single one of these women's accusers fled. Notice this. In the midst of your shame, your focus on the one who will never leave you nor forsake you will cause your accusers to flee. We misdirect our focus. In the midst of shame, we always misdirect where our attention should be. We always look at the people talking about us. We always look at the situation that we're in. And Jesus is saying, I need you to get your focus on me. Because if you can get your focus on me, this is why the Bible says, resist the enemy and he shall flee. Many of us get that caught up. Well, how do I resist the the enemy? All you got to do is focus on your Savior. Keep your eyes on the one from which your help comes from. I want to keep my eyes to the hills. From which my help comes from. And if I can do that, my enemies will flee. So the question we got to ask ourselves, if we feel overwhelmed with shame, are we in a place of isolation? Are we, are we being intimate with the Father? Many of us confuse isolation with intimacy. I, I can't do people right now. Pastor Keith, I just need to take a few days off because I'm going through a lot. I, I, I'm not going to be at Bible study because I'm dealing with so much. And, and, and we think that we're in a place of intimacy, and the enemy says, no, that's right where I want you, in a place of isolation. 
And you wonder why I can't get out of this shame. I thought that if I could just find myself, if I could get, uh, get away from the noise of the people. But God has just said, no, I just need you to be intimate with me. Y'all know y'all can be in the midst of people and still be intimate with the Father. I don't care if nobody, I don't care if somebody, listen, running around like a doggone fool in this church. When I'm in worship, I'm going to be in worship. I can be intimate right here in the midst of everyone. But many of us say, no, I need to find myself in isolation. And, and notice this, the very ones who wanted to stone her, notice this, were unable to because she found herself in solitude with the Savior. No matter what shame has told you, find solitude and it won't matter. That's good news to me. That, that and no matter what shame has spoken into my spirit, if I could just find myself in solitude, my accuser's going to flee. And this is why the psalmist says, and y'all probably know this for my Bible readers, Psalm 91 and 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And notice this, the psalmist goes on to say, those who find themselves intimate with the Father, we will find refuge. Somebody say safety. We, we, we will find where the Lord will rescue us. Somebody say salvation. It is where we are redeemed. And notice this, it's also the place where God responds. If I can just find myself in solitude, I'll have a level of protection from those talking about me. He'll rescue me out of situations that I thought were going to condemn me. He'll redeem me from the hands of the enemy. And notice this, the good news is, uh, beyond all of that, is this the place where God responds. Many of y'all have been in isolation and you're wondering why God ain't speaking. God is saying, I can't, be, I can't meet you in isolation. I need to meet you in intimacy. And when I find you in intimacy, I'll respond. Tell your neighbor that's good news. That, that's good news to me. Success over shame, notice this, requires us being alone with the I'm coming to an end, y'all. I've got to, I, I got to expect this from you. Because here's the sad commentary. Shame has shackled many women and believers alike. Too many believers notice this question and wrestle with stagnation in their walks. Y'all know how we try to figure out why I can't get a breakthrough in this, why I know God called this over my life, and I still ain't making no progress towards this. God, you told me this. You told me I would have a child. You told me that I would find a spouse. But I feel like there's this level of stagnation in my walk with God. And we wrestle with this, and many times people question their salvation. We, we, we question our sanctification. Am I really close with God as I think I am? And many of us even question our setting apart from God, all because we're stagnant in our walks. People, people begin to believe that I'm not saved. Right? People believe, to get, believe that I'm not holy enough. We even believe that maybe God ain't called me. I'm not set apart. But in reality, many of us are stagnant because of our shame. This woman in our text was caught, notice this, in a shameful act. The enemy wanted to perpetuate her shame by way of her accuser. But she discerned and disregarded her accuser. She allowed the Lord to advocate for her on her behalf. And she found herself alone with her Savior. But notice this, even more, what happens when she finds herself in a place of solitude with the Savior. Why is this so significant? Let's look at verses 10 through 11. It says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? 
Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Notice this. While alone, Jesus affirmed his affection towards her. The reason why we got to get alone is so that God can affirm his affection towards us. Shame, remember what I said shame is, it's the place of disregard. It's the place where I don't feel like I'm regarded by God. It's the place where I feel like I'm not honored by God. And it's the, fl- the place where I don't feel like I have the grace of God on my life. And God is saying, if I can just get you alone, because y'all know being in the world can cause us to be shame. I don't think y'all just heard what I said. We, we, we can get um, poisoned and tainted by the world in which we live in and the tactics of the enemy. And God is saying, this is why Jesus would always find himself, it would say, he had to steal away. He had to go in a place of solitude. Notice this, on, it was only three years, three and a half years that Jesus was on this earthly journey. And in the text throughout the Gospels, he was always going back to this place of solitude. Because Jesus... Yeah, I think the Pharisees were after him, all right? The Sadducees were after him. So many people, even his own kinfolk in Nazareth, didn't believe he was the Messiah. So he always had to go back to this place of solitude so that God could affirm his affection towards us. It's one thing, it's one thing for people to affirm their affection towards me. It's one thing for my wife to say, I'm so proud of you as a husband, but until God can say that thing to me and I can sit in a place where he can pour into me. This is why many people kill themselves. This is why people lose their life when somebody walk out of their life. Right? Because they never, they, they receive what, they, what people have said, and we can encourage them, daughter, don't do that, daughter. No, you're, you're somebody in God, and we wonder the next day we find that they committed suicide. All right, pastors killing themselves, and the reason why is because they never found themselves in a place alone with God, though that, that he might affirm his affection towards me. And notice this, many of us confuse isolation with intimacy. Because in intimacy, notice this, it's not only the place where I tell Jesus that I love him, but it's the place where he tells me that he loves me. We, we get this thing twisted, y'all. It's a, it's a, it's, I'm conversing with my Savior. And I've got to sit in a place where I can hear the Lord say, I'm well pleased. And this is why Paul said in Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But notice what he says in verse 38 through 39. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. You don't get persuaded until you find yourself alone with God. The preacher can say all he wants. Your, your, your prayer partner can say all you want. But until you get alone with God, you'll never be persuaded. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth. Notice he says, not even things to come. Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is, notice this, somebody say, in Christ Jesus. Notice this, it says, in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, intimate with him. Not even shame can separate us from the love of God. When we are alone with God, because this is the place where he affirms our, his affections towards us. Notice this, I believe that we can close the door on many matters in our life and begin to move forward when we can get success over shame. 
Many believers with great callings on their life, many believers with great gifts have not done what God has called them to do. I'm wrestling with somebody that's so close to me even now, and I'm like, she has so many gifts, so many things that God has called over her life, but there's a level of shame that has called her life to be stagnant in her walk with God. And God is saying if we could only get success over shame, if we can disregard our accusers, if we can allow Jesus to advocate for us, if we can find ourselves alone with the Savior, then we can allow Jesus to affirm his affection towards us. God, I know we got this women's weekend coming up called Behind Closed Doors. But listen, y'all ain't going to be able to deal with the stuff behind closed doors if you don't get healed from what's hidden. And then you can open the door, but if you don't allow Jesus to only come but so far, and you don't get success over shame, that's just going to be a nice little weekend where y'all look, look cute. And still, and still walk out stagnant in your walks with God. We've got to get, we got to get success over shame.